Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to the Ghibliotech, the podcast that leafs through the libraries of films and the world's greatest animation filmmakers and studios. I'm Michael Leader. And I'm Steph Watts, and we've seen a lot of them. And I'm Jake Cunningham, and I'm saying, Yuasa, please. So join us in our quest into the glorious world of Masaki Yuasa. Jake, I can't forgive you for the uh, the intro gag just there <laughs> <laughs> i think we need to do five more takes uh go do a big one a small one and then we'll find the middle ground and then <laughs> and then in the, the edit room we realized that we should have done none of them anyway <laughs> we should have left it on the cutting room floor so this is a bonus episode we're in the middle of our interim hiatus between miniseries but this was just an offer that we couldn't refuse to talk to the filmmaker that is routinely at the top of our most requested filmmakers to cover um, which is uh, Masaki Yuasa. Now he is a filmmaker with a huge filmography on the small screen and the big screen so where do we start? Jake you've actually seen a work by Masaki Yuasa now, right? Yeah, we're kind of betraying the format here. So when when we do do the Yuasa tech, whatever it might be, I can't say that I haven't seen any of them. Um, yeah, for our for our anime movie guide the book that we've written, um, we kind of delved right into Mind Game in particular, um, exploring on your side everything that had to happen to make that film happen. On from my side, trying to understand it. Uh, it it is a bonkers and wonderful film um, from a bonkers and wonderful filmmaker. Um, so yeah, when the, when this offer came along, well, sadly there was only room in the junket for one. So it was it was not me. It was you, Michael, who got to speak to him. But we we couldn't uh, we couldn't turn it down, could we? Yeah, the responsibility fell to me. But we did all pitch in with our must ask questions for the great man. Steph, you are a considerable Yuasa fan. Uh, what are the key texts for you? Ooh, key texts. Um, I was trying to think of the first Yuasa that I saw. Probably the first one that I saw and didn't know it was him was his episode of Adventure Time that he directed. Um, and then, oh, what would I recommend? Because he has so many 
good films like The Night is Short, Walk On Girl, like Lou Over the Wall, which I really like, like Inuo, which I think we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, but then so much of his TV is amazing as well. And a lot of it is kind of really easy to watch uh, if you're in the UK, like Devil Man Cry Baby is on Netflix. Um, Keep Your Hands Off Isakum, which we've definitely talked about on mm. here before and we've talked about with guests and it's just such an amazing show about making animation um he has so many different kind of topics and and vibes that he covers um across all his work so i feel like he is kind of a filmmaker for everybody to find something they love in mm-hmm. i think we've said before that keep your hands off Aziz ken is uh an, has an unlikely fan in the form of elvis costello who shouted out that series in a Guardian interview a couple of years ago. So (laughs) Yuasa has fans in strange places. But for me, he's a filmmaker who has such a prolific... He's such a prolific filmmaker. He has such a large body of work. And there are highlights within that. Um, I agree with you, Steph, that within the films, The Night is Short, Walk on Girl is definitely up there for me, as well as the series like Devilman Crybaby and Isaac M. Um, And Mind Game as well. He hasn't really made... A film like that since but the joy of his work is this sense of the the size of it and then also his animation style that he's applying to all these different um projects when i say animation style it's more like a vision for animation one that is a sort of mixture of classic um 1950s 1960s 1970s animation be that early anime or sort of golden era american animation um, or the most avant-garde, experimental, independent animation, all kind of thrown together into this crazy soup that is his own distinctive vision for anime. So there's always something visually exciting and different in the wonkiness, the looseness, the energy of the, of the uh, projects, be they series or films, that he's making. But let's talk about Inuo, because that is the film that is out this week in UK cinemas, uh, and that's the film that he's on the campaign trail talking about this interview is a bit more of a career overview but let's talk a little bit bit about that film i'd like to start with the um as we'd like to i'd like to start with the synopsis for the film so inuo is a musical animation about a real life sarugaku no performer and playwright who enjoyed great success in 14th century japan however he is all but unknown nowadays because very few documents about his life have survived the times. Now, around 600 years later, Inuo, full of music and dance sequences, portrays a tale of friendship between the legendary Inuo, who vanished from history, and the and a Biwa player he befriended. So, Jake, you haven't had a chance to see this film yet, have you? So, Steph, how would we go about describing what this film is and how it adds to this crazy large filmography of Yuasa's? I would say it's like being at a rock concert for a couple of hours, um, but you're also being told a lot of stories. Uh, It's quite hard to explain, I feel like, because there's, I feel like there's a lot of history and then also kind of fiction and music and, and links to kind of, um, yeah, like rock groups and artists in there. Um, it's really, really great, I think. It's a great kind of cinema experience and um, it's such a good, yeah, music film and film about friendship and it's such a big spectacle. Um, I really like it. Mm. I feel like it's quite different from 
recent uasa projects um yeah it's it is interesting that he's still challenging himself and it's one of those things where you have a prolific filmmaker or creator in, in, in any sense and then you realize oh they've not done this yet and so a 14th century musical that is actually quite political in its intentions in terms of the buried histories and the figures, the radical figures that uh, stood up to an establishment that then made sure that they weren't in the history books. This stuff is not necessarily the area that many people would associate with Uasa's work because he is more about um, uh, sort of not not adventures, but sort of animated fantasies or uh, wonky, strange um entertaining films there's something a bit more serious here it's also got some great anachronisms in there as you say Steph so it is a musical and it is portraying this 14th century style of music and performance but is pulling in references perhaps not as extreme as something like Samurai Champloo does with hip-hop and samurai stories but this one is making references to Queen and Stadium Rock and um Inuo dances like Michael Jackson at one point and is trying to get to the heart of how this style of performance is so alive and so dexterous and virtuosic. Um, re- yeah, really is great. As I said, he's a filmmaker who I'd compare with some musicians maybe, like um, maybe like guided by voices in terms of an artist who will reliably put out something every six months to a year. So you kind of lose the sense of what the masterworks are because it's all something. It's all adding to the great big definition of the the overarching vision. But this one feels like a bit more of a major statement, really, than than, than we usually get. Definitely worth seeing, I think. Um, and maybe even a good entry point for people who haven't seen his work, would you say, Steph? Or would you say go elsewhere? Ooh. I think if if you go and see it and you haven't seen any Uasa before, then this is it should kind of get you interested and yeah, get you interested in going back to see some of his other work for mm-hmm. sure. So, yeah. It sounds like it would work as a nice double bill with Ongaku. I th- I think it would, but, but potentially, yeah. Uh, one would be very contemporary because Ongaku is a, you know, set in the modern day and. Then this one is about virtuosic performers in the 14th century. But then also, I suppose it is about the thrill of music, the thrill of performance won by these uh, once in a lifetime, once in a generation uh, inspired performers as Inuo is. And then Ongaku is about a bunch of bullies who just get a couple of basses and a set of drums (laughs) (laughs) and jam it out. But then also in terms of the vision for what animation could be, Mm. I think that that there's the similarities there. Well, and clearly just a, a a big love letter to a lot of music that is at at, at the heart of what the, the characters and the filmmakers love as well, I'm sure. Absolutely. And I think in, in terms of if this is an entry point for Yuasa's work, you will get a sense of how you know, you're not in Miyazaki land anymore, that this is much more elastic and experimental, has as Steph mentioned with something like Adventure Time, it does have a kinship maybe with the, with Western animation, particularly modern Western animation in terms of the um, the the blurred or curvy lines of the house mm-hmm. style. There is no house style here. There is no unified world and they can change at any moment. Um, yeah, very exciting film. And we were really excited to be able to talk to Yuasa because he has such a distinctive and idiosyncratic style that one question 
is how do you develop that style? What are the influences that feed into that style? And how do you develop it by working in the uh, backbreaking anime industry? Of course, once you're the director, you get to call the shots, but you have to t- spend a long time before you get to that point. And then also the sense of the um, voluminous filmography, the prolific work rate, the sort of polar opposite of some of the filmmakers we talk about in terms of how Yuasa will have a film and a TV series or a film and more than one film per year. Um, These are the question marks hanging over uh, his whole career for me and those are the questions that we asked him and we were so pleased to have time with him. So I guess without further ado, we should have a listen to the interview with Masaki Yuasa. Um, Listeners, if you've not tuned in before to any of our interviews with Japanese speakers, we're going to be editing this sort of BBC News style where you'll hear my question, you'll hear a little bit of the Japanese response, and then that will duck out and the the, the Japanese translation will come in over it. But if you are a Japanese speaker yourself and you want to hear the words um, direct from the source, we'll put the entire interview um, at the end so you can listen to the Japanese yourself and tell us where the translator might have uh, said something differently or how you would translate it differently. But let's have a listen to our chat with Masaki Yuasa. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yuasa-san, thank you so much for speaking with me today. It's such an honor. Uh, we're such fans of your work and there's so much of it as well. It's such a treat. My first question is, is regarding animation. So many times we hear from our listeners our colleagues and our friends, about animation that blows their minds. And it's so often either a film or a TV series by you. And so I'd like to know, when you were younger, 
What was a film or a TV series that blew your mind and opened your eyes to the power of animation? So, this is a simple animation. So, all these simple animation stuff that I was watching when I was a child, um, and also um, the battleship, space battleship Yamato. Um, was great and had really huge impact on me because uh, of the details and I did see the potential of what animation can do. Um, but on the other hand, I really liked Dokonjo um, Gael, Bouncy Frog. Um, really simple but really fun. And uh, Lupin the Third, um, the, the first season, first series. Um, there's this guy called um, Yoshinori Kanata, a really weird but interesting animation creator um his work's amazing and uh and yamato oh but yeah the castle of cariostolo uh the yamato came before that but um uh the cariostolo was um somewhere i learned uh what anime can do to describe human emotions what you can do with these people and then came yamato um and then, and also, um, I I realized that you can actually make animation as your job. So Osamu Tezaki, there's this uh, tennis um, manga, and then became animation called Ace or Nerae, aim at the ace. Um, the, the the stop motion stop. The, the, when the picture stops, and he had really great again great pictures in there. I was very influenced by it. And in terms of the media mix. Uh, Mazinga Z and the uh, Dark Emperor. Well, no, it's not quite the right translation here. But um, Mazinga Z becomes Great Mazinga, if you're familiar with that. And uh, when when Mazinga becomes Great Mazinga, there, there's this card. And I didn't really know much about it when I was a child. Um, uh, Great Mazinga gets thinner. He's really exhausted. He's really tired. And then this card came to rescue him. And uh, but I thought, that's not quite right, you know, as a child. You know, he's, he's, he's this great Mazinga, but I remember that really vividly. Yeah. And watching your films and your TV series as a viewer, I also get notes of European and American animation influences as well, particularly sort of psychedelic or um, early 20th century American animation as well. Uh, were those films or TV series you were watching as well as a as a young adult or a kid? Um, Yellow Submarine, the Beatles, Yellow Submarine, and also um King and Little Bird. And I saw quite a few um some of them art animations and when I was making Neko Jiruso I was uh, looking at asparagus. There's this sort of uh, odd uneasiness about it, which I took influence from. And also, I like watching music videos, MTV. So, you know, Paranoid Android by Radiohead. Um, it really was cheap, but interesting and weird. And I loved Tom and Jerry. I watched it over and over again. Um, so um, I, I, I yeah, I, I watch a lot of things and I take influence from everything that I've seen, I think. Of course, Yellow Submarine is a musical in the way that Inuo is. Uh, so what was it about Yellow Submarine in particular that was um, you know, setting off lights in your head? So, 
思考の絵を凝らしているところが。えー And also, what's, what's great about it is that the more, more you see it, the more you discover. And there's always something new that you find out.、Um, I've, I've seen it quite a few times, but there's always something that I, I learn from it. Yeah, it's my three year old's favorite film, and we've watched it maybe 20 times in the last couple of months. Yeah I, I, yeah, I watched it when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, in terms of your career, when we watch your films and your TV series of the last gosh, 20 years or so, your vision and your eye for animation is so distinctive.、Um, when you were working your way up through the industry, was it hard to communicate that vision、uh, when working within the, the machine of creating anime? So, this is the first time. And、uh, so long as the, you know, everybody else understands what I was trying to do at the end of it,、um, that's, that's great. And、uh, if I work with the same person, same people, they know me now. So、um, they are more used to what I, or they can probably make a better guess about what I'm trying to communicate.、Mm. I'd like to ask about Mind Game.、Um... Of course, you've made several films since then, but that being sort of your debut feature as a, as a director, you mentioned how you enjoyed in Yellow Submarine all of the different types of animation within it. And that's a film as well that almost seems to change style with every scene or so.、Um, when you look back at Mind Game now, what do you make of that film and how do you think you've changed in the nearly 20 years since? So, it's not. I was allowed to do a lot of things, and it was a really genuinely great experience. And the、uh, people I worked with in Mind Game, they're all, we, we were all young back in the day. So everything was pretty much like struggle and trials and errors.、Um, but I think that worked really, really well.、Um, But I don't think I had that much of a sort of liberty in productions ever since. That was really great. So I think it was a great timing, and I was in the right place at the right time and with the right people doing、mm. something like that. And was it important to you to make films compared to TV? Nowadays, you do both equally,、um, but were films important to you in terms of the work you wanted to make? Was it time after time? 最初に来たのが映画っていうかまああの全然。Um, as it happened, I didn't really aspire to do a feature film. And when when I did、um, Mind Game, that as you said, that was my first feature film. I I'd never done that before, so it was a huge challenge for me.、Um, 
And uh, it was a, actually it was the first time that I was aware of the audience, uh, the existence of them even. And then I uh, started to think, oh, what do they want? What do they like? So I wanted to do TV more so that I can learn more of that sort of side of things, the audience. I was more aware of the audience when I was making these um, TV series. And um, I had this sort of eureka moment um, when I was working on Tatami Galaxies. Like, right, okay. Then um, I started doing more movies and then I discovered what I didn't know. I had a lot more that I didn't know than I know. And uh, there are things that I probably wouldn't know ever in my life. So um, I, that's, I think that's why I like trying different styles as, as you call different styles, because um, I'm exploring constantly. And uh, did I answer your question? Absolutely. Um, but also, when you're working on a film or a TV project, do you change how you work and the way that the team is set up? Or is it all just very much the same process. Um, the feature film, um, I just have to direct and uh, somehow it will complete eventually. But with TV, there are a lot of things that I really need to get people to come in, other people to come in. So um, I really have to rely on them. Um, and also um, the production period is longer. And also obviously the, the movie itself is longer, um, like a running time is longer. So you can do actually a lot more and you can be flexible. You can change things around and this and that. Um, whereas it, it's more difficult with feature film to do that. Um, because uh, it could be a bit of a disaster. You, you can't really predict the result if you'd be too flexible in a feature film. So. I, I hardly change things, um, but I might, I might change sort of working style. Um, I hope I'm making sense here, but um, a feature film is more sort of straightforward, I think. Mm -hmm. And what sort of director are you? This may seem like a silly question, but every director has a different answer. Some are very hands-on, some are more like the conductor of an orchestra, but which sort of director are you? Yes, I could be a conductor of an orchestra sometimes, or more like um, I could be a midfielder in, in, say, football, or I could be a goalkeeper. Um, so I, I tend to be where I am needed, and I might be directing at the same time. So um, I'm, I'm moving around, I'm playing different parts, roles, than a signal director's chair telling people what to do. And uh, if necessary, I'll be happy to go in the audience and cheer everyone up. <laughs> Wonderful. I'd have to ask about, um, you mentioned your sports there and soccer. Mind Game is one of the few um, anime films that we've watched uh, recently anyway that has uh, English football in uh, in terms of reference points. Are you a football fan? Um, when I was making Mind Game, 
the Japanese football league started, J League started. So um, you know, it was on TV a lot. So um, I just found it really great. So I was watching it a lot. And uh, I did play football when I was really young, but I wasn't really into it that much. So I think I learned about football when I was making mind game. So I, I started again watching, you know, different countries and different matches and yeah. Well, when you come over to the UK, we should set you up with a ticket for, for a game. <laughs> I'd like to ask about the founding of uh, Science Saru, because so many of the anime filmmakers that we admire have that point in their careers where they set up their own studio and become their own independent filmmakers. Why was setting up your own studio so important to you? And what was the mission behind the studio? Mission. Right. So mission is what you must do, right? It's not about uh, registrations or papers, documents you need to take to the authority, right? Um, it was, um, we wanted to create the environment that we are happy to work in to start with. Because uh, when you are working with other production companies, what happens is uh, you, you know this would make, or you think this would make things better. It might not, but you think it might be, but you, you can't always try that. They won't let you do it. Um, but we, want, so we wanted to create an environment that we can actually try. And um, because at the end of the day, you might succeed, you might fail, but it's your responsibility. But I take the responsibility, but I want to try. And I wanted to create an environment everybody can actually do that. Um, it was an experience. You know, and uh, and obviously we have to create good quality um, works, but we wanted to create a good quality environment to create good quality works. You mean for the for the staff working on the projects in terms of the environment? Staff no kankyo っていうことですよね。それはね。まあ働く人全体ですかね。Yeah, so everybody who's working on, who's working, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's with the foundation of the studio that it's everything blossoms, and that's where we start getting. We're very, we're very fortunate to be getting a film or a TV series, or sometimes both a film and a TV series directed by you every year. And as fans, we're just pleased as punch about that. But do you like? Working fast <laughs> or being so prolific? It was another of our missions, actually. But um, I mean, it was, it was, it was you know, our, my, our company. So, um, you know, we wanted to, I wanted to work out. That was the state I had to be in, I thought. So, in a way, I was doing too much on my own. And I think that was. In a way, a bit of a failure, but again, I learned from it, and I'm I'm moving on. And、uh, I mean, you know, th- those who were before me, say like Tsutomu Shibayama in Asia Doll. I mean, apparently, I heard that he was working so so hard, and I, I didn't I didn't want to less than him. I wanted to more than him in a way. But I did research, and he actually wasn't working that hard, and I was doing far too much. So. Yeah. But it's a balance, isn't it, between wanting to work hard 
um, when you're excited by the project and the people you're working with versus self-care is the term in English, I suppose. And also it's about the system and the structure. Um, it's not just you know, a small studio making just one little production. It wasn't like that. So we had to create more with a studio. So we had to run the system. So that was another um, challenge. Mm. And I'd like to come to Inuo because you mentioned earlier how you liked surprise, to keep surprising yourself in terms of the works you were working on. And even now, after several feature films and so many animation series, you're still doing new things, historical setting, musical, this anachronistic mix of 14th century and modern day styles. Um, is that sense of surprise and challenge something that's important to you as well? Um, I sort of think, in my opinion, Inu is more sort of orthodox way of making things to me. But um, I always want to have something new, something fresh for me to create. So sort of like a sales point as I you know, um, wanted something new to, to sell. We are running out of time, but I would like to ask a question. Um, our podcast did start out as a podcast that was focused on Studio Ghibli. And since then has become a whole animation podcast. And we've interviewed animators from around the world. But we always do like to ask about Ghibli if there's a chance. And I'm very curious about your freelance work on My Neighbours, the Yamadas, which is um, a very beloved Ghibli film for by fans. Um, what do you remember about that project and working with Ghibli on that? I was nervous when I first met Takata, obviously, um, but he was a really, really nice person. So before the actual meeting, we had a quick chat. Um, he asked me about what I've done and uh, he actually said, um, what, why did you do that for that crayon Shin-chan? Why, why did you do that style? Um, that was interesting. And uh, but by seeing by looking at Takahata's direction, um, that really helped expand my career. I learned a lot, and also um, I was able to have a glance at um, Miyazaki, and uh, that was also interesting. Mm. I find we always find that the Takahata Miyazaki dichotomy at Ghibli was so fascinating, where one filmmaker had a cohesive style, and the other one was much more experimental in terms of Takahata's work, and so I it feels appropriate that you worked on a Takahata film given your style is so experimental and idiosyncratic. Um, yes, and, uh, yeah, I definitely, I mean, I, I like them both. I really um, admire them. Mm. And my final question, we love the idea of filmmakers and their bodies of work on this podcast. And so where we started this podcast, it was um, my friend who I host the podcast with hadn't seen any anime films. So every time I'm showing him a new filmmaker, here is Studio Ghibli, here is Satoshi Kon, and we'll be doing Masaki Yuasa next year, probably. Who, Whose body of work as a filmmaker do you look to and see as inspiring um, and influential that maybe one day we should look at? So, <laughs> Um, based on uh, Shotaro Ishinomori's manga. And uh, it's a great, great work. And uh, the, 
it's it's I mean the budget the budget was also amazing. You think of it if you look at the production, um, that that's also great. And I think Dezaki's work should be really watched more. So early Ashita no Jo, the boxing anime, that early ones are so so good, and I think that should be again be spotlighted more. あ、虫プロの村の森にさんのあのえっとユニコ魔法の島っていうのもあのいいアニメーションだと思います。And also Morini Murano at Mushi Production, Tezuka Production. Um Yuniko まほうのし、まほうのしま。そう、そうですね。ユニコのパート2。あ、じゃあパート、ユニコンバイアンテズカ。え、there's part 2 of it. Yuniko to Mahono Shima. That's another good animation. Well, uh, amazing recommendations. Masaki Yasu, thank you so much for speaking with me. It's been an honor and congratulations on Inuo. Thank you. Marco, I know normally asking for recommendations is a great highlight of our interviews that we do, but I mean that that big list of recommendations that he sent over, that must have been quite daunting in the end, adding all of that to your watch list. I mean, wow. This is so great because after so many interviews, we feel that we know what will come up when you ask a filmmaker or an animator. For what their inspirations were, what the recommendations yeah, were. Yeah, he didn't say but... keep your hands off eyes again. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did say a couple of familiar films. He talked about how he w- he was inspired by Yellow Submarine, the Beatles film. Mentioned The King and the Mockingbird, which is a film that's come up time and again because that's a film that inspired Takahata and Miyazaki. In terms of the Japanese series he was watching as a kid, he talks about the Gutsy Frog. The Konjugairu, which sounds like this amazing show where a teenager splats a frog and the frog, the spirit of the frog becomes embedded in a t-shirt that he's wearing and hijinks ensue as that frog t-shirt comments on his life and uh, interacts with his life. He also talks about, of course, Space Battleship Yamato and Castle of Cagliostro, which are key touchstones for um, uh, many animators of that generation growing up in the 70s. In terms of the more robot media mix type series he talks about, he talks about Mazinga Z, and he says specifically Great Mazinga, which I think is the second series. Um, he, there's, a, there's also a bit where he talks about Mazinga Z uh, Tai Ankoku Dai Shogun, uh, which is a 70s feature film spin off, which I think in English is called Mazinga Z and the General of Darkness. I think the translator says the um, the Dark Lord or the Dark Emperor, but it's the General of Darkness. Um, he also mentions uh, the animator Yoshinuru Kanada, who worked on Galaxy Express 999 and Armageddon. But he's really interesting because he worked on every Miyazaki film from Naushka to Princess Mononoke. So definitely worth looking him up. What else do we, do we have here? When he talked about abstract, avant-garde, experimental animation from the West that he was looking at, he mentions Asparagus, which is a 1979 art animation directed by Susan Pitt, which you can find online. Definitely worth looking up. It's quite a trip. But then when we asked about filmmakers and films that we should be looking at, he talked a lot about Mushi Pro, Mushi Productions, which is the 
part of Samu Tezuka's empire in the um, mid-20th century. And some of the filmmakers and series that span off from that. He talks about Osamu Dezaki, who directed the uh, Tomorrow's Joe, Ashita no Joe series. Also Aim for the Ace. He talks about Mori B. Murano, director of Unico in the Land of Magic. And then he talks about Shotaro Ishimori, who in the late 1960s made a series called Sabuto Ichi Torimono which I think is all up on YouTube, actually. I think you can find it. It's a black and white anime that's um, uh, sort of a period detective series, really worth looking up. So, God, coming off the back of that chat... So we'll I just do like... one of those in like the, the <laughs> next few weeks. I feel like we have a little sense of the patchwork of inspirations and influences that go into this guy. A lot of 1960s, 1970s anime, which, you know, we've said many times here in the UK, most of this stuff didn't make it over here. Uh, so that is um, some proper deep diving and digging for us if we want to go and um, reverse engineer the uh, the style of Masaki Yuasa. But wow, what an amazing interview. What a generous guy. Um, so glad we were able to put that together. We should say thank you to Animate Limited for setting that up. Also, um, Josh and Alma at Fetch, who were uh, manning the Zoom call that morning. Um, always a pleasure to speak with filmmakers from Japan and get their insight into the art of animation. So if you want to read more of Michael wanging on about Yuasa, uh, at the time that this is coming out, which I'm not sure when it is, you will be in close proximity to the release of the Ghibliotech anime movie guide, which features a chapter, as I said, about Mind Game and about Yuasa's career. So uh, do go and buy that book, please. Uh, and you can do so at... A number of screening events, which at the time of this recording, I'm very vague about. But at the time of your listening, uh, if you check our social media, you'll be able to see exactly where and when they are. We're going to be playing uh, a few films around the country and bringing lots of copies of our books. And uh, you can come and talk to us and buy some and we'll sign them for you. And we'd love to meet you all. Um, and if you want even more Ghibliotech than that, you can of course get it on our Patreon. Go to ghibliotech.com slash Patreon. Uh, over there we do stuff like bonus episodes where we will dive into stuff that is totally unrelated to the podcast, whether that is albums, new cinema releases, video games. Uh, we're about to record one just now, in fact, where we'll be diving into the, uh, the Ghibli Park, or at least what we know about it. Uh, so do head over to our patreon and if you want to keep up with what we're all doing and what the podcast is doing you can follow us on twitter at ghibliatech on instagram at ghibliatech.pod and you can follow steph individually on twitter at underscore steph watts you can follow michael at michael j leader and you can follow jake at jake h cunningham Produced by Michael Leader, Jake Cunningham, Harold McShill, and Steph Watts. Our music is by Anthony Ying.
Yuasa-san, thank you so much for speaking with me today. It's such an honor. Uh, we're such fans of your work and there's so much of it as well. It's such a treat. My first question is, is regarding animation. So many times we hear from our listeners our colleagues and our friends about animation that blows their minds and it's so often either a film or a TV series by you. And so I'd like to know when you were younger, what was a film or a TV series that blew your mind and opened your eyes to the power of animation? あの、小さい頃のシンプルなアニメーションもあの、動きの面白さみたいなものが見えました。um, so all these simple animation stuff that I was watching when I was a child, um, and also um, the battleship, space battleship Yamato, um, was great and had really huge impact on me because uh, of the details, and I did see the potential of what animation can do. Um, but on the other hand, I really liked Dokonjo um, Gael, Bouncy Frog. Um, really simple, but really fun. And uh, Lupin the Third, um, the, the first season, first series. Um, there's this guy called um, Yoshinori Kanata, a really weird but interesting animation creator. Um, his work's amazing. And, uh, and Yamato, oh, but yeah, back in the castle of. Cariostolo. Uh, the Yamato came before that, but um, uh, the Cariostolo was um, somewhere I learned uh, what anime can do to describe human emotions, what you can do with these people. And then came Yamato. Um, and then, and also, um, I, I realized that you can actually make animation as your job. あ、
なんですかね、マジンガーズクラブのカードで最初に、あマジンガー Z の交代劇があるんですね、ちょっと話が。<笑>マジンガー Z がグレートマジンガーに変わるときに、先にマジンガーズクラブにグレートマジンガーのカードが来るんですけど、その時は子供で気がつかなくて、で、グレートマジンガーがボロボロに痩せれたとき、助けに来るロボットがカードのそれであったっていうのに子供もこれにめちゃくちゃ興奮しましたねなんかそれですごく騙された思いはとてもなんかすごい影響を与えられたというふうに思っていますマジンガー Z と題名なんていうのを教えましたマジンガー Z がグレートマジンガーになるんですねなるんですねえー、カール大大将って今おっしゃいましたどっかでメディアミックスとかで、えっと、敵が,敵が、はい、マジンガー Z 対暗黒大将暗黒暗黒大将のオッケーです敵ですねオッケーそうオサムテザキ There's this a tennis um manga and then became animation called エースを狙え Aim at the ace um the 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 stop motion stop The, the, when the picture stops, and he had really great, again, great pictures in there. I was very influenced by it. And in terms of the media mix,、uh, Mazinga Z and the Dark Emperor, well, no, it's not quite the right translation here. But、um, Mazinga Z becomes Great Mazinga if you're familiar with that. And、uh, when, when Mazinga becomes Great Mazinga, there's this card. And I didn't really know much about it when I was a child.、Um, But Great Mazinga gets thinner, he's really exhausted, he's really tired, and then this card came to rescue him. And,、uh, but I thought, that's not quite right, you know, as a child. You know, he's, he's, he's this great Mazinga, but I remember that really vividly. Yeah. And watching your films and your TV series as a viewer, I also get notes of European and American animation. Influences as well, particularly sort of psychedelic or、um, early 20th century American animation as well.、Uh, were those films or TV series you were watching as well as a, as a young adult or a kid? Europe or America animation, psychedelic movement. They are just saying, so you are going to be able to do it. I am going to be able to do it. そうですね、見たのは多分イエローサンマリンとかあの王様と小鳥とかはあのすごく印象に残ってますしまあそんなたくさんはないですけどちょっとアートアニメーションなんかも見た猫汁草なんかを作った頃はあのアスパラガスっていう短編アニメーションがあってそういう気持ち悪さとかあの若い時プロモーションビデオをよくテレビでやってたの見てたんで MTV なんかであのバラのイヤアンドロイドでしたっけあのレディオヘッドレディオヘッドの<笑>まあそういうチープだけどなんかちょっと変わったアニメーションとかを見ていますしまあすごい影響を受けたのはやっぱトムとジリーが小さい頃ずっとやっていたので<笑>もう何度も何度も放送していたので何度も何度も見ていましたね。それは,それは日本のアニメもそうですけど何でもやっぱり影響を受けていましたね。Um, Yellow Submarine, The Beatles Yellow Submarine, 
and also um, King and Little Bird. And I saw quite a few, um, some of them art animations. And when I was making Neko Jiruso, I was uh, looking at asparagus. There's this sort of uh, old uneasiness about it, which I took influence from. And also, I like watching music videos, MTV. So, you know, Paranoid Android by Radiohead. Um, it really was cheap, but interesting and weird. And I loved Tom and Jerry. I watched it over and over again. Um, so um, I, 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 yeah, I, I watch a lot of things and I take influence from everything that I've seen, I think. Of course, Yellow Submarine is a musical in the way that Inuo is. Uh, so what was it about Yellow Submarine in particular that was um, you know, setting off lights in your head? あの、犬をもミュージカルですけど、あの、じゃあこのイエローサマリンのどこが特に惹かれたんですか ブルーミニッツとかあのキャラクターたちのデザインや色も面白かったですね。そういうのがあの最初に見た時よりも繰り返し見るたびにだんだん面白さが分かっていく感じなのがもうちょっと面白かったですね。うん、there um, they use, I think, well, I think real photographs and then they color these pictures. Um, and blue minis, I love the colors and also the design of them are just fabulous. Um, and also what's, what's great about it is that the more, more you see it, the more you discover. And there's always something new that you find out. Um, I've, I've seen it quite a few times, but there's always something that I, I learned from it. Yeah, it's my three-year-old's favourite film, and we've watched it maybe 20 times in the last couple of months. あの、自分3歳の子供がいるんですけど、もう20回ぐらい見てて、すごい子供も好きなアニメなんですよね。すごいな。僕より若い時に見てるんだよ。いや、いや、いや、落ちてもらいます。younger。Yeah. <笑><笑> um, but then in terms of your career, when we watch your films and your TV series of the last Twenty years or so, your vision and your eye for animation is so distinctive. Um, when you were working your way up through the industry, was it hard to communicate that vision uh, when working within the the machine of creating anime? この自分のこうキャリアをまあこう20年と振り返ってみてこうテレビシリーズから始まっていろんなことされてますけどどの仕事を見てもやっぱりこうアニメーションに対するビジョンっていうのが すごくはっきりしてるなといつも思うんですね。ただこの岩田さん自身が持ってるビジョンっていうのをこのアニメの制作っていろんな人が関わってる中で伝えていくっていうのっていうのは難しいんじゃないかなと僕は思うんですけども
あのもう接点ができあの分かるところができたので前のよりもっとこうだとかいうふうなことを伝えていきますね。Um, it's, it, it is hard.、Um, I, I try my best. I use as many words I, as, as possible that I can even come up with. But that would normally end up completing, complicating everything even more. I just make it worse.、Um, so I, I do try to explain. And if it didn't work, I, I might do the job myself. And、uh, so long as the, you know, everybody else. Understands what I was trying to do at the end of it,、um, that's, that's great. And、uh, if I work with the same person, same people, they know me now. So、um, they are more used to what I, or they can probably make a better guess about what I'm trying to communicate.、Mm. I'd like to ask about Mind Game.、Um, of course, you've made several films since then, but that being sort of your debut feature as a, as a director. You mentioned how you enjoyed in Yellow Submarine all of the different types of animation within it. And that's a film as well that almost seems to change style with every scene or so.、Um, when you look back at Mind Game now, what do you make of that film and how do you think you've changed in the nearly 20 years since? Mind Game is a very important thing to do with the debut of the Yellow Submarine. I'm going to ask you about the debut of the y e l ような作品だと思うんですね。こうそれぞれのシーンでもこう違いますし、岩佐さん自身の作風もそれからすごく毎回違うものを作ってきてますけど、そのマインドゲーム振り返って今こうどう思いますか。その映画についてご自身で。そうですね。あのいろんなことをやらせてもらってよかったなっていうふうに思いますし、あの当時一緒に作った父もすごく若手で<笑>、あのいろんなことを多分一緒に試行錯誤し,しながら作っていったなってことをこう思い出しますね。なかなか逆にそ,うですその後そんなにそこまでうまくこうできたことがなかったのでやっぱりすごくいいタイミングだったなっていうふうに思っています。In mind game, they're all we, we were all young back in the day, so everything was pretty much like struggle and trials and errors.、Um, but I think that worked really, really well.、Um, but I, I don't think I had that much of a sort of liberty in productions ever since. That was really great. So I think it was a great timing, and I was in the right place at the right time and with the right people doing、mm-hmm. something like that. And was it important to you to make films compared to TV? Nowadays, you do both equally,、um, but were films important to you in terms of the work you wanted to make? The TV and the TV are the same, but the TV is the same. But the TV is the same. But the TV is the same. 演出というか監督業をちゃんとした長いものをやったことなかったのでそれが最初の大きな挑戦ででもそこですごく初めてこう視聴者というかどういうふうにみんながアニメを見ているんだってことをいろいろ考えることがあってそれからしばらくテレビで勉強したいっていうふうに考えましたで
、でそれが4畳半神話体系をやった時になんかあ少し分かったような気がすると思って<笑>でその後少しまた映画もやっているんですがまだまだやっぱり分からないことや、まあ、分からるわけがないところも分かったりして、えーまあ、いろんなやり方を,を考えながらあの作っていきますね。質問に答えてる Um, as it happened, I didn't really aspire to do a feature film.、Um, when, when I did、um, Mind Game, that, as you said, that was my first feature film. I had never done that before, so it was a huge challenge for me.、Um, and uh, it was a, actually it was the first time that I was aware of the audience,、uh, the existence of them, even. And then I、uh, started to think, oh, what do they want? What do they like? So I wanted to do TV more so that I can learn more of that sort of side of things, the audience. I was more aware of the audience when I was making these、um, TV series. And、um, I had this sort of eureka moment、um, when I was working on Tatami Galaxy. Like, right, okay. Then、um, I started doing more movies and then I discovered. What I didn't know. I had a lot more that I didn't know than I know. And、uh, there are things that I probably wouldn't know ever in my life. So、um, I, that's, I think that's why I like trying different styles, as, as you call different styles, because I'm, I'm exploring constantly. And、uh, did I answer your question? Absolutely.、Uh, but also, when you're working on a film or a TV project, do you change how you work? And the way that the team is set up, or is it all just very much the same process? Yeah, it's a テレビの方が人にやってもらう部分が多いのでその人たちにどうやってやってもらうかってことの方が違う感じですかねそれとかあの作る時間も長いのであのというかあのムービーの長さが違うんですかねな長さがなんでいろんなことをちょっと試しながらやってるところもありますね。あのでと変わっていくこともありますね。やっぱ変えた方がいいのかっていうふうなことを変更したりすることもあります。映画は多分やり、まあ、結果がわからないですからあのなかなか最後まで変えることはないですね。なんかその作業をいろいろ変えることあ,るありますけど最初にそうですねちょっと何て言ってるんだろう。<笑>あそうですね、映画の方が割とストレートに作っていくし、まあ、シリーズの方がやっぱ人に作ってもらうことが多いってところは違うってことですかね。Um, the feature film,、um, I just have to direct and、uh, somehow it will complete eventually. But with TV, there are a lot of things that I really need to get people to come in, other people to come in. So、um, I really have to rely on them. Um, and also,、um, the production 
period is longer. And also, obviously, the, the movie itself is longer, um, like a running time is longer. So you can do actually a lot more and you can be flexible. You can change things around and this and that. Um, whereas it is more difficult with feature film to do that. Um, because uh, it could be a bit of a disaster. We can't really predict the result if you'd be too flexible in a feature film. So I, I hardly change things. Um, but I might, I might change sort of working style. Um, I hope I'm making sense here, but um, a feature film is more sort of straightforward, I think. Mm -hmm. And what sort of director are you? This may seem like a silly question, but every director has a different answer. Some are very hands-on, some are more like the conductor of an orchestra, but which sort of director are you? あの、ご自分のことをこうどういうタイプの監督だと思いますか例えばその自分はオーケストラの指揮者みたいなだってことを表現するような人もいたりするんですけども、今さんの場合はご自分をどうどういうタイプの監督だと思ってます。そうですね
Well, when you come over to the UK, we should set you up with a ticket for, for a game. <laughs> I'd like to ask about the founding of uh, Science Saru, because so many of the anime filmmakers that we admire have that point in their careers where they set up their own studio and become their own independent filmmakers. Why was setting up your own studio so important to you? And what was the mission behind the studio? あの、<笑> ま、自分が考えていたのは、とにかく働きやすい現場を自分たち一回やってみようっていうふうな感じですね。なんか、それまで大きな会社で働いていると、なんか、こうすればいいのにそうならないってことが起きて、じゃあやってみたらダメなの
、まあ、多分ミッションだったかもしれないです<笑>あの多分会社がやっていくにはそういう自分が働くっていうか、まあ、たくさんお仕事することが望ましいっていうことでした。まあ、それをちょっと一人で集中してしまったのが良くなかったなとは思いますけど、えー、まあいろいろ思ったことは次に生かしていければいいなというふうに思っています。Um, it was another of our missions actually, but、um, I mean it was, it was, it was you know, our, my, our company, so、um, you know, we wanted to, I wanted to work out, that was the State I had to be in, I thought. So, in a way, I was doing too much on my own. And I think that was, in a way, a bit of a failure. But again, I learned from it and I'm, I'm moving on. I was a friend of the first time I was in the Asian world, and I was a friend of the first t i 僕の方が働いてた感じがするので<笑>、ちょっとそうですね、多かったなっていうふうに思ってはいますね。And、uh, I mean, you know, those who were before me say like Tsutomu Shibayama in Asia though, I mean, apparently I heard that he was working so so hard and I, I, didn't, I didn't want to less than him, I wanted to do more than him in a way. But I did research and he actually wasn't working that hard and I was doing バランスですよね。そのまあ、やっぱり一生懸命やりたいですし、周りに人もいるからこう一緒にじゃあ頑張ろうってなってこうついついや,やりすぎちゃうのは誰でもあるんですけど。あのまあ、本当自分のことを気遣うっていうのはすごく大事ですよね、本当にね。そうですね、まあ、それとか、組織ですよね、やっぱ小さく一つの作品を作ってるんではなくて、たくさんの作品を作っていくスタジオになると、やっぱその中での仕組みがやっぱ大事になってくるんだなというふうに思いました。And also it's about the system and the structure. Um, it's not just you know, a small studio making just one little production. It wasn't like that. So we had to create more for the studio. So we had to run the system. So that was another、um, challenge.、Mm. And I'd like to come to Inuo because you mentioned earlier how you liked surprise, to keep surprising yourself in terms of the works you were working on. And even now, after Several feature films and so many animation series, you're still doing new things historical setting, musical, this anachronistic mix of 14th century and modern day styles.、Um, is that sense of surprise and challenge something that's important to you as well? と思うんですねで今回の映画でもミュージカルなんだけども14世紀のこうセットの中でこうモダンな音楽っていうのがあってもうすごくサプライズでチャレンジでってでやはりこ,うこ,れこのこと自体サプライズを人に与えるってことはやはり岩さんにとっては重要なあのファクターで今もあるということでしょうかそうですね犬は割とオーソドックスに作ったつもりではあったんですけど
あの自分が作る上でいつも何か新鮮な何かが一つあってこの作品はあのこれのやっていますっていうセールスポイントがあるといいなっていうふうに思っています。Um, I, I sort of think, in my opinion, Inu is more sort of orthodox way of making things to me. But、um, I always want to have something new, something fresh for me to create. So, sort of like a sales point, as I you know,、um, wanted something new to, to sell. We are running out of time, but I would like to ask a question.、Um, our podcast did start out as a podcast that was focused on Studio Ghibli. And since then, has become a whole animation podcast, and we've interviewed animators from around the world. But we always do like to ask about Ghibli if there's a chance. And I'm very curious about your freelance work on My Neighbors the Yamadas, which is、um, a very beloved Ghibli film for, by fans.、Um, what do you remember about that project and working with Ghibli on that? This podcast was originally Ghibli focused. ももだったんんでですすけども今ではまあアニメ全体をカバーしてるんですねでまあ今フリーランスで、えー、と山田さんでしたっけ仕事したことについてダンツお話を聞かせていただければと思います。はいはい、はいえー、そうですねあの初めて僕もジブリで働くんで高畑さんとお会いするのも初めてだったんですごく緊張しましたでもとてもフランクで多分打ち合わせをする前にちょっと話そうって言ってティールームで少しお話をしましたその時キャリアについても尋ねられたし逆にあのクレヨンしんちゃんで何だあんな描き方をするんだっていう<笑>ご質問もありましたしあので高畑さんの演出方法というかいうのも垣間見てちょっと自分の意識も広がる部分もありましたし後ろに宮崎駿さんが取り掛かるとちょっと鏡で姿を見たりもしたりしていました。Um, I was nervous when I first met Takata, obviously,、um, but he was a really, really nice person. So before the actual meeting, we had a quick chat.、Um, he asked me about what I've done, and he actually said, what, Why did you do that for that crayon, Shinchan? Why, why did you do that style?、Um, that was interesting. And,、uh, but by, seeing, by looking at Takahata's direction,、um, that really helped expand my career. I learned a lot. And also,、um, I was able to have a glance at、um, Miyazaki. And、uh, that was also interesting.、Mm. I find, we always find that the Takahata Miyazaki dichotomy at Ghibli was so fascinating, where one filmmaker had a cohesive style and the other one. Was much more experimental in terms of Takahata's work. And so I, it feels appropriate that you worked on a Takahata film given your style is so experimental and idiosyncratic. So, Ghibli is a very good one. Miyazaki is a very good one. Miyazaki is a Yeah. 
where we started this podcast, it was um, my friend who I host the podcast with hadn't seen any anime films. So every time I'm showing him a new filmmaker, here is Studio Ghibli, here is Satoshi Kon, and we'll be doing Masaki Yuasa next year, probably. Who, Whose body of work as a filmmaker do you look to and see as inspiring um, and influential that maybe one day we should look at?えっと、あの人がいたら教えてほしいんですけども。人。うん。まあ、作品で言うとサブテチトリモの蝶っていう古いアニメはすごくいろんな手法で作られているので、今見ると面白いですね。コストパフォーマンスもいいですし。で、デザキさん
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.